This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za. Christian Perspective on the News. Uh, joining us today is Daniel de Villiers. He's a missionary with Frontline Fellowship. Daniel, good morning. Great to have you with us. How are you? Hi there. Yes, thank you. Hi, good. Sorry, I know we've had a bit of a struggle to get you on the line, but we have one. We'd love to hear what's on your heart. Great having a new voice on Christian Perspective on the News. Let's uh, see what you got for us this morning. Thank you very much. It's great to be with you. Um, yeah, today, some, something that we've seen just in the last couple of days is Canadian pastor James Coates that has recently been uh, released. The, the charges have been dropped against him from his imprisonment in Canada, yeah. uh, when we find um, from a church um, there through in the Alberta area, um, he was in prison for about two weeks. Now the, the charges have been dropped, and he's been able to get out of uh, prison. He had been previously posted for a bail which would have prohibited him from preaching, which he was doing exceeding that 15% capacity. Um, and he's now been, that, that's been dropped for him, and he's been able to return to his church. And yet still growing pressure has been rising, both in Canada as well as a lot of churches throughout the United States. In particular, we've seen... Um, quite an extensive government interaction between the Calvary Chapel churches in the U.S., who, being a, a bigger branch, have taken quite a stand against some of the, the closures and restriction measures that have been put in place there throughout the United States. Mainly a, a few churches in California, which are now up to about a $2 million fine for continuing to open their doors and wow. preach the, the gospel to its members. And so what we've seen now is just as growing pressure has been put onto the churches as far as these super-spreaders of the virus that they are said to have been, we've seen that um, they're, they're looking simply to open up to be able to um, minister to the people, to be the hands and feet of, um, of, the, of Christ, really, to people who are hurting and, and in need mm. of, um, of the gospel. And many times, just very practically, that they have needs, they have uh, needs that need to be cared for, yeah. um, and the, the pastors are being gagged as far as being able to reach out and, and to help into those areas. So one of the things that's happening even here in South Africa is questions have been raised even since closer to the beginning of lockdown last year. It's now around about a year since we've seen those lockdown measures take place, and pastors are coming together here in South Africa area. Um, across the country mm. to say, how can we open churches in as much as is being done in other or other companies? For instance, the, the taxi drivers that are full from morning to evening, the longer hours, seven days a week, restaurants that are open 50% capacity for seven days, um, and even the mines in confined spaces, with no mosques, no fresh air coming out of those, um, those mosques, the, the mines without those mosques on them, mm. and many other places that are up to 50% capacity. So the question that's on many people's minds is, why then are churches stopped at a much smaller percentage? Even for 100 people, why is it that we can have a church that seats 5,000 people, typically, only now able to minister to 100 people? So a group here in South Africa called Pastors Against Church Closures, mm. have noticed 
after there was the um, the stand, the initial stand that had been made by the government when things were still very uncertain, and we had allowed measures to be taken uh, to, to take place mm. as far as those closures and and um, prohibitions to meeting. That was allowed at first, and 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 yet now as things have begun to open more, the Pastors Against Church Closures have yeah. put together now a march coming up to Parliament on the 27th, uh, 27th of March. The 26th will be the, um, the march to Parliament, and the 27th will be the opening of the churches. So we see really, in light of some of the, the, just the, the news in both this pastor, James Coates, being um, imprisoned and now released for simply continuing to, to preach to more than his 15% allowance, mm and other pastors throughout the world, um, in, in the U.S., being um, really legally gagged of uh, ministering in the way that they would um, be able to serve the needs of the people. Um, there's, there's been a call of action that has been uh, called upon, and not just to pastors, but to congregants as well, mm. who might be a, a part of this, this move, to come alongside it. I think if we, if we consider it from a Christian vantage of how the Church has functioned even through the ages, as a brother in Christ in California area, responding mm-hmm. to some of the closures there, and he said, Jesus' politicians, his senators, representatives, and lawmakers, that is the Pharisees and Sadducees, passed a law saying it was illegal to heal on the Sabbath. But Jesus said, I will still heal on the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And he did. And we can do no less than to emulate him. So for the last 2,000 years, the Church has been the driving force behind changing thousands of laws. There's laws that non-believers have thought to change, that, um, that no non-believers have thought to change. And we, we banned child prostitution and widow burning, stopped the superstitious killing of twins, ended temple prostitution, and banned gladiatorial combat, slavery, and abandonment of children and elders. So the Church has long stepped in to be the conscience of the government, and yet it didn't limit itself just to changing laws. And this is, I think, so important where we as a church are looking to the action that's taken, even in spite simply what the laws are saying, but how can we minister to people practically? When the plagues came, the Romans fled the cities, but the persecuted Christians came out of the woodwork to gather the dying, the poor, the broken into their homes and into their churches. Slave hunters in America hunted escaped slaves. Mm. But the churches of the North opened the doors to give them shelter and a hiding place. We created the first charities, first hospitals and orphanages. Humans are made for touching. We need hugs, we need a shoulder, and someone that we can look in the eye and say, are you okay? Yeah. And, and that can't happen just over a Zoom call or a six-foot separation zone. Mm-hmm. So how can we stand in this gap here? Um, we see a, just a very practical need to through some of these uh, lockdowns that have taken place. If I take even from, from my hometown in, in uh, California, the calls to hotlines in Los Angeles County mm. increased by 8,000%. Wow. 25% of young adults have seriously considered suicide in the past month, suicide and drug overdose, far greater than COVID deaths, and military suicides are up 20%, a 20% increase in substance abuse, um, 41% increased notice in heavy alcohol use by women, and so on. And we just see all of these different symptoms coming in place where there are great needs at hand, and we have to ask as a church, how do we respond to these? How can we respond to these in this time?
time of crisis. So one of the calls to action um, that we can be responding with is, for instance, on March 26, as there's a march to Parliament, 10 o'clock, looking to, um, to walk down to take a stand. We can ask, well, is that a biblical response? And I think if we look at the example of Esther, it's such an important and a helpful one. Not only did she call for prayer and fasting of all the Jews in that time, when there was persecution against um, the Jews. And we here within the church really see a, a, um, a discrepancy, a discrimination against the church. All the other organizations and companies are opened up, um, that there is a closing and a stifling of the church. So we're calling, pastors are calling to open that, that they must A, be considered an essential service, B, be considered that they can meet at 50% capacity as many other businesses are doing, um, seven days a week, mm. or morning to evening. So we're simply saying we must be able to be considered within that as well. So March 26th is March to Parliament, um, because Esther didn't simply ask for prayer and fasting, but she took a stand and she said, I will speak to the king. And that's what we're looking to do, is to say, how can we come alongside our government, to encourage our government to say we must be functioning mm. to fill the role of body of Christ, to fill the role of helping a hurting and dying people. And it comes back, I think, to where we stand as believers. If we understand the hope that we have in Christ, that whether in life or death, I am Christ mm. and I am hid in Him, and we have an opportunity in that to recognize we all will die. And if we are going to die at some point, are we willing to go to people, to minister to them, to open our, um, our doors, open our arms in love and in care of people who are hurting and who are dying? Um, where a need is great, and I think that need has been covered up by, some, um, by another issue in, in COVID itself. How can we address people that are going through that but also to care for people that are going through the after effects of this lockdown, the depression, the isolation, the suicides, and so on. Mm. We must be the hands and feet um, of our Lord Jesus Christ here to minister practically. And we can take that stand even as a government. In light of past closures, past imprisonments, we praise God just for the release of James Coates recently, and we must be praying and acting to go forward and to, to take a stand and to, to make changes here. Um, as the church has functioned in times past. Fantastic. That's Daniel de Villiers, uh, missionary with Frontline Fellowship. Daniel, thanks so much for your time this morning and for your perspective. And if you want to listen to this again, you'll find it as a podcast this morning on our website, kpulpa.co.za. Many thanks, Daniel. Have yourself a wonderful day and a great weekend. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za